Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I'm your host, and I'm really excited about this particular episode. You know, I have had the privilege of sitting at the feet of Michael Singer, who is my favorite spiritual teacher, and it's not just mine. He's one of the most famous spiritual teachers in the world today. But I used to live near Gainesville, Florida. I used to live in Orlando for quite a time, and he has a temple there, and he teaches like three days a week. In fact, I believe in February of 2022, he's going to get back at it, um, you know, given how COVID plays out here in this winter. But anyway, I, I got the chance to sit in his temple when he taught live. There'd be anywhere from 70 to 100 people in a room. You know, we're all sitting on cushions and so forth. And I've heard so many of his messages, but this one, I think this one sort of best captures not only what his teaching is, but I think it best summarizes the spiritual path more than anything I've ever heard in one particular message. I think it's so clear and it, he lays it out so beautifully and he does touch on relationships. He touches on career things. He touches on all aspects of our lives and ties it all together in an understanding of what I'm titling here, the way of a yogi, the way of a conscious person's life, the way of a spiritual path. So I'm excited to, for you to be able to hear this because of that reason. Now, it is kind of long. When he teaches, he teaches for about an hour and 15 minutes. But I don't think you're going to be bored. I think you're going to be hanging on every word as I do when I listen to what he has to say. So I invite you to stop the recording, to ponder, to think, to take notes. I certainly invite you to follow up with me if you want to talk about how to apply these things or, or or help you better integrate them into your life. That's what I would love to do because I, you know, you're not able to reach out to him. He is kind of a hermit. He, he, he doesn't deal with the public in a one-on-one -on -one kind of way. He just teaches at his temple three days a week and that's it. Okay. So I would love to serve you in anything that comes up around his message and so feel free to reach out to me if that's what you would like to do. Again, Roy at coachingwithroy.com is the best way to set up a time to have a conversation with me. All right, enough of that. Sit back, be present, open your heart, and now I bring you Michael Singer. Eventually you wake up enough to realize you've always been seeking the same thing. Every single thing you do, business, relationships, play, vacations, work, everything. 
every moment you are seeking the same thing. You are seeking to have a nice experience inside. You are seeking to feel inspiration. You are seeking to feel excitement. You are seeking to feel love. You are seeking to feel high. You are seeking to feel enthused. You want to feel good inside. And you don't want to feel bad. So I see an axis, a spectrum that goes from negative up to neutral, up to positive. Well, in math, we say if you go from minus three to minus one, it was a positive move. So even if you're negative and you move up to become less negative, you're seeking the same thing. You're seeking to move up the scale of high, up the scale of well-being, up the scale of just beautiful experience inside. If you are at work, you want something given to you that's inspiring to you. You don't want to do something over and over again that's the same. You get bored. What does bored mean? A lack of enthusiasm, a lack of excitement, a lack of inspiration. That's what bored means. What does depression mean? Really bored. <laughs> depression, but depression means I'm so bored I don't think it will ever stop. So I'm depressed. If I'm, if I'm just bored for five minutes and something exciting is going to happen, I'm not depressed. It's okay. I can put up with that. Six minutes, no. Five minutes, yes. Right. <laughs> but if I've decided that, you know, it's, it's nothing is boring and there's nothing happening, I'm not getting any juice, I'm not getting any energy, and it's going to stay that way, I get depressed. Depressed is like way down there on the bottom. That's where that, that sits, all right? Way down there. So you're trying to, at work, find things that excite you. Find things that turn you on, all right? It doesn't have to be the task. Do a menial task and have everyone in the company cheer you for it. Oh, my God, you did so well. We couldn't believe you could do that. How you feel? Oh, great, great. I'll do it again. <laughs> you understand that? I guess that's another way of getting high. You get high because you're inspired by it. You get high because you're inspired by other people who think you did good, right or wrong. Do you want people to think you did good or do you want people to think you did bad? What if somebody told you, I know somebody who thought there was somebody who thought you did bad? You'd feel bad. You're weird. I Seriously. I heard, I think I heard someone say that they heard someone say that you were amazing. How you feel? Don't blush. You feel good. It's the weirdest thing in the world. You just want to feel good. I'm telling you. All right? Go into business. Be an entrepreneur. Why? Because it's exciting. Fine. If it's exciting, you like it. What if it's overwhelming? There's too much. I don't want to do this. Too much. I'm burned out. There's, it's just, it has nothing to do with what you're doing. It has to do with what effect of what you're doing has on your inner energy state. If it turns you on, you like it. If it turns you off, you don't. If it used to turn you on, you used to like it. If she used to turn you on, your ex, you used to like her or like him. Do you understand that? It doesn't matter if it's business. It doesn't matter if it's just work. It doesn't matter if it's relationships. What is relationship? Seriously, I've discussed this before. I don't like to discuss this with you because you all think relationships are up there, you know, on some golden pedestal somewhere, right? To me, it's all, the only thing that's on the golden pedestal to me is the juice inside because that's why you're in that relationship, right? How do I know? When it stops, you're out. Or you stay together for the kids. Do you hear me? All right? That's why you came together. That's why you're getting married. That's why all that's happening. That's why you take such vows for each other. Why? Because right now you feel the juice. I'll say anything. All right? For the rest of my life, I'll never do anything with anybody or anything. I'll be there. Sickness, health, death, worth. If worms come out of your eyes, I'll be there to pick them out, man. I'm in for the long run, right? Until I'm not. 
until the energy stops. Then you sit there and say, well, he used to work for me, now it's not working for me. Come on, blush. All right, it's terrible, isn't it? No, it's, it's because you're lying to yourself. You said you love her. That's a lie. That's a lie. You knew it, didn't you? You knew it. They told you they loved you. It was a lie. This is for a different reason. It's not because you're insecurity, right? It's a lie. Why? What they love is what they feel inside when they're in your presence. If you sit there and give them a gift, right? And they say, oh my God, this is beautiful. I love you so much. In other words, they love the gift. It made them feel really good inside. And love came up inside of them. Love is just an energy flow, right? If you gave them the gift and it made them feel embarrassed and yicky and they hated it. And you can't believe that someone who thought you liked me gave me a gift like this. They would not say, I love you. They say, thank you. I love you. <laughs> There's a big difference. What they love is the experience they had inside. Love is an experience you have inside yourself, is it not? Yes, it is true. Somebody can stimulate that experience. I showed you work can stimulate the experience or take it away, right? Doing, running your own business can stimulate that experience or take it away. There's no one thing for everybody or even for you that is going to keep doing this. So you have to understand what we're going to talk about today. I'm not going to take that away from you. Isn't that nice? See, some people talk about renunciation and this and, you know, suffer through life so you can go to heaven later. Oh, yoga does not teach that in any way, shape, or form. It's total anti-yogi. Okay? Yoga says, oh, you like that energy? Good. You've made your life be about that energy? Good. Because that's what your life's about. Whoa, I like this path. Your life's about high. How high? You have no idea. You know, in, in, in the limbo, it's how low can you go? In yoga, it's how high can you go? All right? So it's yoga is now spirituality, true spirituality. In any form, I don't care if it's yoga, I don't care if it's mystical Christianity, I don't care if it's the Kabbalah, I don't care what it is, right? The Sufism, in the, in the Muslim tradition, all of them. It's about the juice. Well, that ain't bad, is it? I'll sign on to that. What do you think, what do you think spirit is? A name for juice, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Where were you? Somewhere, somewhere in Iraq or Afghanistan? Or cradle of civilization? Mars? Where were you? There was this juice flowing inside of me. They call it the rush of holy waters, don't they? Go check it out. The Bible's all about what I'm talking about, but nobody understands it. <clears throat> all right? You say that. I was in the spirit of the Lord's day. I felt the rush of holy waters. <clears throat> you are feeling the shakti. You are feeling the juice. I don't care what name you give it. It's all the same. The problem is, you don't know how to get it. And you go running around like a chicken with your head cut off from relationship to relationship, flower to flower, job to job, the inspiration to inspiration, to hobby to hobby, vacation to vacation. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I don't care whatever it is. Just go, right? If it turns you on, you run for it. If it turns you off, you run away from it, right or wrong. Then it's not about it. It's about you. It's about whether you're turned on. Why don't you just say that? Don't say, I like her. I like him. I like this job. I like the car. I like that. Oh, my God, a Ferrari. Oh, my God. No, no. It's not about any of those things. It's about what it makes you feel like. Then say that. There, that's a major step in your spirituality and in your life, right? To sit there and say, I am a Shakti-holic. <laughs> I like this stuff. I like that juice flowing inside of me. I like to get high. I like to feel open. I like to feel power. I like to feel love. I like to feel, whoa, how about you? I like to feel, you like to feel inspired? Which would anybody in the whole world, which would rather be inspired or bored? 
Which would you rather feel? Love or closed darkness? Everybody's seeking the light. Do you understand that? Everyone is seeking the light. The most sociopathic maniac, do you understand that? Is doing what they're doing because it makes them feel better. Don't do it around me, please. Right? I, I, I did 30 years of prison work. I'm perfectly happy to have them locked up and do it in there, okay? But while they're in there, they can understand that what they were doing was seeking the light. Do you understand? Everyone is seeking the light. Everyone is seeking the light. Okay? Hitler was seeking the light. I'm terrible. I'm a nice Jew. Hitler was seeking the light. Why? Because when he saw a Jew or a Catholic or a black person, it turned him off. He got all upset, didn't he? He must have got really upset because he made a big mess of that, didn't he? And it made him feel better to be doing what he was doing. That's it. He got off on it. There. Did I go far enough down for you? <laughs> okay? Everyone is seeking the light. If, if somebody's girlfriend is dating somebody else, right? And they come from a culture where they got a lot of guns. Of course, never mind. They have a culture where they got a lot of guns. They may go kill the guy. Why? It made him feel better. Do you understand that? They didn't do it because it made him, made him feel worse. Every single person is doing every single thing they do and have ever done, right? In an attempt to feel better. In other words, not feel worse, right? I told you. A little less negative is a positive. So if I don't feel jealous, if I don't feel insecure, if I don't feel scared, that's better. Now, how I go about doing that, and that's what this discussion is about. I just want to get the groundwork. The groundwork is don't have a self-concept that ever says to yourself, I'm not seeking high, because you are seeking high. Do you understand that? Even if you are that person who's ascetic and renunciation because you believe what they tell you, all right, I'm not saying it's not true, but we'll discuss that later, that it doesn't matter what happens in this lifetime, it is the hereafter for eternity, right? Well, what are you doing? Anything I can to get that later. You're doing the same thing. You hear me? Heaven's a place. Wow, man. I'm going to get juice there. I'm willing to do without the juice here to get the juice there. Everyone is doing the same exact thing for the same exact reason. They're just going about it a different way. Do you understand that? Why do people do drugs? Why do people drink alcohol? Why do people do any of those things? To feel worse? Feel better. In my, in my day, that's way back, you know, and of course, I grew up in the summer, I'm a child of the 60s and 70s, so watch out, all right? They, I never did this. I did a lot of stuff. Don't get that wrong. But I never did there are these things. I think they were called black beauties or something like that, right? And people were trying to explain to me, I understand uppers. Well, there was a lot of uppers going around. They were downers. And I said, no. And people would sit in the corner all night. <laughs> Six hours. <laughs> like, what in the world? Why would you do a downer? I thought you're trying to be high. And okay, I understand. You do stuff to try and get high. Why would you do an all night downer? All right? Because it was better than what was going on there before I took it. Do you understand that? That mind was in so much trouble, that heart was in so much turmoil, that if I didn't feel a damn thing for six hours, that's better. And that's why people do downers, and that's why people do uppers, and that's why people drink, and that's why people smoke pot, and that's why people smoke cigarettes. That's why every single person does every single thing they do. Have I convinced you? Do you understand that? To try to feel better, right? Like, okay, wait, let's take something extreme. Why would you sniff glue? There's no way this is going to be very good for your brain, all right? And just straight up there and all the cells die and all that. Because it makes you feel good. 
And I, maybe it doesn't make you feel good, but it made them feel good. You understand that? Wait, how, I'm going to go, I'm going to blow all the doors off today. Why would you play Russian roulette? Do you understand people actually play Russian roulette? You remember what that is? Put a couple of bullets in. That depends on how extreme you want to be. Say one. Spin the little six-shooter. Put up to your own head. Not somebody else. Put up to your own head and pull the trigger. That's called Russian roulette. Ever heard of it? People actually play it. Did you know that? It's not just some fictitious thing. Why in the world would somebody do something like that for the rush? Ask them. You haven't lived to put your life on the line. Uh, and by the way, I'm not trying to convince you to do it, right? <laughs> but it is the same thing, right? They can't get any juice. They're closed. It's dark in there. Got to be pretty dark in there. That the only way you're going to get it is to put your life on the line. Do you understand that? Are you convinced now? Everybody is doing the same thing. They're trying to get the same thing. They're trying to go up the scale of well-being, of high. All right, fine. There are so many ways to try to do it. Can we discuss those? Some, by the way, are socially acceptable, and some are very much socially unacceptable. Some are healthy. Some are very unhealthy. I don't want to talk about that. You understand that? That's your business. I want to talk about how are you going about doing it and why, and then is there a better way? That's what spirituality is. Spirituality is not about taking that away. Spirituality is not about saying, oh, you shouldn't be seeking high. No, you should be seeking high. You should just do it in a way that works. Can we discuss that? Right? And I want, before you have any argument with me, your way doesn't work. I don't even know you. Your way doesn't work. You want to know why? How I know? Because you're still doing it. How many times did you try to do something? Right? I'm going to get this, this piece of paper in the basket over there. All right? It keeps not going in. It keeps not going in. I keep trying. I keep not, how long have I been doing it? My whole life. Uh, well, you stand in the same spot. You're throwing the same way. Yep. Something I'm going. Well, at what point do you wake up? And realize maybe what I'm doing, <laughs> maybe it don't work the way I'm doing it, right? So you're still trying to get high, aren't you? You're still trying to find the right relationship. You're still trying to feel love. You're still trying to feel inspired. You're still trying to get the right job. You're still try- right or wrong, all right? Constantly. Look how hard you've tried. At what point are you going to wake up and say, gee, this doesn't seem to be working too good. I've been doing it since I was born, <laughs> all right? So, all right, let's talk about how are we trying to do it and why. And this goes for every one of you. But no, you're not. Truth is universal. All right? This is what happens. There have been past experiences that you have had that have made you feel better. There have. No? Sometimes the day is really beautiful, sunshiny, this and that. Sometimes somebody comes up and says something nice to you. Sometimes your hair comes out exactly that makes you feel really good about what you look like. There are things that have happened that make you feel good, right or wrong. Sometimes you're walking outside and a butterfly comes and lands on your arm while other people are watching and they go... Whoa, the butterfly whisperer. It's like, wow, that feels good on it. Okay. There's things that have happened to you that make you feel good. You probably remember those. You're darn right you remember those because you liked them. So you hold on to them. I guarantee you, you want them to happen again. Don't you? Okay. You get disappointed if they don't happen again. You get excited if they start to happen again. Right? Because you want to be high. And you're not stupid. You've learned that these sort of things made you high. And so what you did, to make a long story short, long means your entire life, in fact, many lives, but we'll discuss that, right? Is you made a collection of the experiences that you've had that made you feel better and a collection of the experiences you had that made you feel worse. Oh, I forgot to ask you, are the things that haven't made you feel worse? <laughs> right? I know I told you I love you, but I'm out of here. I like her better. How you feel? 
You probably remember every one of those, don't you? <laughs> right down to the moment of what he was wearing. And Okay. Sorry, I brought it up. Everybody got real quiet. <laughs> there are things that have happened that made you feel better. It's natural. There are things that have happened that made you feel worse. Okay? There have been days that are rainy and cold and you don't like them. They don't feel good. All right? You have stored those recollections, haven't you? And you've stored them right up front. Why? Because you now look outside to find them again. That's how you try to get high. By, you know, like I say, you're not stupid. This has worked before. She said something really nice to me. It made me feel really special. Now I'm going to give her flowers, hoping that she'll say something nice coming back. I hope when I give her the flowers, I don't want to say, I don't want your stupid flowers and throw them on the ground. No, that's not why I gave her flowers. I gave her flowers. She said, oh, oh my God. I, that's so beautiful. How did you think of that? I've been thinking, oh my God, I love you so much. There, that's why you got flowers. You better do that when I give you flowers, by the way. <laughs> you ain't getting no more. So, right or wrong, Right? You're a manipulative kind of person. (laughs) You're trying to recreate the things that made you feel good. All right? Here's the epitome. You got married 15 years ago. It was very lovey-dovey at your honeymoon in Niagara Falls. That's where they all go, right? And and then basically for 15 years it hasn't been so good. It was for the first few months, but it's been tough. And so you've decided to go back to Niagara Falls on your 15th anniversary. Please don't. Okay, it's not going to work out too good. But anyway, I get the same room, by the way, right? So what are you trying to do? You're trying to make it happen again. Okay, so this collection that you have, and it's unique to you, because you've had different experience from everybody else. You follow me? That which turns you on, turns her off. That which turned you on yesterday, turns you off today. Okay, because you had another experience. So you've made this collection within your mind of what you want to happen and what you don't want to happen. You got one of those? It's serious stuff, isn't it? I'm telling you, that's based upon your past experiences of what moved you up the scale and what moved you down the scale. It's, it's so obvious, it's ridiculous. Right? So now you have this thing called preferences. You know anything about those? What I want to happen and what I don't want to happen. So now when I go out into the world, I'm not living life. I'm looking for what I want and looking to avoid what I don't want at all times. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking, aren't I? And I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not even willing to be passive. I'm not willing to just look out there and see if it'll happen and make sure it doesn't happen. I'm going to do something about it. If you're anything like me, you're going to do something about it, aren't you? You get this stuff called will. You're going to go out there and you're going to get your way, aren't you? We have ways. <laughs> okay? I don't care whether you use guns or roses. See, guns and roses. <laughs> they knew it too, all right? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're manipulating. You're out there trying to get what you've decided you want because you think it will turn you on and to avoid what you don't want because you think it will turn you off. There. Look how easy. I did it in five minutes. That's all of human history. That's the cause of wars. That's the cause of divorces. That's the cause of every problem that ever existed. What? Everybody's out there doing it and everybody's had different experiences. Therefore, everybody wants a different thing to happen. Oh my God, OMG. And there's 7.5 billion of you doing that running around one planet. No wonder it's a mess. If you want to know why it's a mess, now you know why it's a mess. Don't you dare blame anybody. Don't you blame anything. That's a mess, right? Because if you blame somebody else, you're saying, my way's right. If they would just do it my way, we wouldn't have a mess. That's what everybody's saying. <laughs> you understand that? And therefore, it's a mess. There. Look how easy it is to talk about truth. It's very simple. It's very universal. So the key is, 
Is this going to work? Forget everybody else. Is this going to work for you? What? What? I'm trying to get high. Trying to get as high as I can. Trying to feel good. I've had past experiences. Some of them are positive. Some of them are negative. So I've built a model inside my head of what I want to happen. There, I said it. You got one of those? I built a model inside my head of what I want to happen. Right? But say it again. I built a model inside my head of what I want to happen. And sometimes that's very, very, very detailed model. I've got married by the time I'm 27. I don't want no biological clock sticking, right? And then when I have my first child, I don't want to be too old where I can't pick them up well, all right? And I'll be involved. And then I'll get back to my career. By the time they're 16, 17, they can drive by themselves. I'll have an opportunity. Whoa! How long we got that going? My whole life. I, then when I'm 65, I'll retire and get this, right? And I'm, I know my kids are not going to in no nursing home ever. You understand that? You're 12 years old when you're thinking this. You build that model, don't you? You build this whole model of how life has to be. Oh, my God. It's so cute. You make me love you so much. That is so cute. How in the world is a 12-year-old going to know what they're going to feel like when they're 63 years old? The Beatles, remember that song? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm 64. They were 22 when they sang that song. And you're worrying about whether they're going to feed you when you're 64. That, I'm telling you, you got a problem. All right? So you build a model inside your head of everything. <laughs> it's hilarious. Right? At 12 years old, you decide what your husband's going to look like and what kind of car he's going to drive and what kind of job he's got. Or a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer. <laughs> it's like, you're not laughing anymore. Right. Because you did it, didn't you? All right? Then you go out here into this thing called life. And in essence, what you are now saying to the moment, listen to me, there are only moments unfolding in front of you. You don't get to see the rest, do you? You only see what your senses pick up, which is very, very small. There's a lot more going on in the universe than what your senses pick up, isn't there? So I call that the moment in front of you. There's always going to be a moment in front of you, yes or no? Right? Always a moment in front of you. You're basically saying to life, I want the moment that happens to unfold in front of me to match the model I made up based on my past experiences. Now, if I let you take notes and I don't, you would write that one down. I want the moment unfolding in front of me to match what I made up in my mind that I want happening based upon my past experiences. You don't have to be a scientist. What is the probability that the moment in front of you is going to match what you made up based on your past experiences? By the way, what does the moment in front of you have anything to do with your past experiences? Like when you were 6 or 8 or 10 or 12 or 15. Absolutely. I like you. Nothing. It has nothing to do with it, does it? The moment has to do with the forces that cause it to be. You made up your thing based on the stuff that happened to you. The moments that happened to you before. They have nothing to do with each other. You grew up in Massachusetts, right? Now you're in Florida, right? You met somebody, okay? It's just absolutely unbelievable. It's unbelievable that you think it's going to work. That the moment in front of you is going to match what you made up and make you feel good. How's it working out so far? Well, everyone, you know what you have? Wait, wait. Some of you guys have scrapbooks that have pictures in them. You, you collect the pictures that made you unhappy? No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You collect the pictures that made you feel good. That's a pretty small scrapbook for a whole moment of life. How many moments passed before you? How many pictures you got in the scrapbook? There, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You understand that? There is no way ever that it's going to work. There is no way that any meaningful number of moments are going to happen to pass in front of you that match what you made up 
since you were 12 or every, every second you're making this stuff up, right? It ain't happening. So what you do, since you know it's not happening, I said you're not stupid, is you try to make them do that. You know what I call that? Going to war with life. You can't live your life. You're at war with life. It, life is, those moments are supposed to be that way. Which ones? All of them. <laughs> Until I die. By the way, I don't want to die either. Okay, there you go. That's a good one. I have that one in there too. All right. <laughs> you got all this stuff you made up in your head, didn't you? Okay? And now you're looking out there and you're looking for the moments to be one way and not be another. And they keep changing. The moments just keep happening. They don't stay in one place. And you go out there and think honestly that I will devote my life to manipulating, somehow, I don't know how you think you're going to do it, manipulating the moments that are on their way to come to me so that they match what I made up. Right? That alone destroys your life. The tension, the anxiety, the pressure, do you understand that? The uncertainty, the fear. People admit to me, people get on the path and say, I have a lot of fear. Of course you have a lot of fear. Of course you have a lot of fear. I have a lot of insecurity. Of course you have a lot of insecurity. I have a lot of, of, of anxiety. Of course you have a lot of, don't you dare have some shrink tell you, why would you have anxiety? You'd have anxiety because you made up how every moment is supposed to be for the rest of your life and you're anxious that it might not be. Well, you're very smart because it's not going to be, all right? And, and you're scared and insecure that I might not be able to make it be that way. You're very smart because you're not going to, nor has anybody ever. Do you understand now? That's why there's tension. That's why there's anxiety. That's why there's insecurity. That's why there's fear. The main one is fear. And have we got any fear back in there? What are you afraid of? That it might not be the way you want it to be. What else would you be afraid of? That it's going to be the way you want? No, you're not afraid of that. You're afraid that the moment, at some moment, might show up that's not the way you want. Right? And worse yet, that a moment might show up that is the way you don't want. Come on. There's two different things. I'm not getting the positive or I'm getting the negative. Isn't that what we're afraid of? That's what you're afraid of. Well, of course you're afraid of that. How dare you be mad at yourself for being afraid of that? How dare you come to me and say, I want to get rid of this fear, right? You want to get rid of the fear? You better get rid of the cause of the fear. Because what you mean, I don't get rid of the fear, I won't put something on top of it, right? I want, I want to get insurance and a husband or a wife that, that sure, I want to nail everything down and get it. I want to get rid of the fear. That's not going to get rid of the fear. Why are you doing it? Because I have fear. If you put something on top of the fear, the fear's still there. Everybody understand that? You're not getting rid of the fear that way. You're trying to hide yourself from it. You're trying to not experience it. But it's still there. It's still underneath. And you know it's still underneath, don't you? Okay. You can get rid of the fear. I'm happy to tell you that. Right? But not by putting something on top of it. You have to look at this entire model, the entire thing that I just built for you. Okay? Which is basically, you took these experiences, you stored them inside and decide how everything needs to be for you to be okay, and now you're out there trying to make it be that way, and you're scared to death that it won't be. Well, it won't be. There's no way every moment is going to go. Have a wedding and spend $100,000, work, some people do, working hard to make that wedding be exactly the way you want, and the napkins are just right, and everything's just right, right? Let's say you succeed. People don't, believe me, right now. All right? But let's say you succeed. That was one moment in your life. It just spent all that time and effort to make the one moment be the way you decided you wanted it to be. What about the next moment? Oh my God, there's going to be another one? There's always one down the chute. It just comes right after the other. And they're all different, aren't they? Well, you didn't manage to manipulate all those. You better take a lot of pictures of the wedding. 
And when things aren't working out, you better go back to the album, and that's what you do. (laughs) Oh, my God, wake up. All right? That's the cause of the fear. That's the cause of the anxiety. That's the cause of the tension. That's the cause of the burnout. That's why you feel constant. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. Of course you are. You're fighting all the time. You're struggling all the time. You're fearing all the time. Do you understand that? I don't care how successful you are. We now have a very nice picture of a lot of very successful people. Billionaires, this, that, powerful people, right? They don't look so healthy. They don't look like they're so secure. They don't look like they're so... Everybody, I'm not talking about anybody in particular. All right? Just all of it. It's, it's just that this doesn't look so much so much fun. <laughs> they don't look like they're having so much fun. Right? All the presidents walk out with really gray hair, even if they came in with some color, right? It's, it's like, of course, of course, this doesn't work. So there is a thing that does work. Isn't that weird? All right? There's a thing that does work. All right? It's called spirituality. It's called yoga. It's called whatever you want to call it. I don't care. All right? What does it say? It says that that other way is not going to work. It can't work. So why do it? Why do it? Okay? You're thirsty. You're thirsty. I see you're thirsty. Oh, my God, you're so parched. And you're sucking on hot rocks to try to get water. I don't look at you. What in the world are you doing? Right? Once there was some dew and it landed on the rocks and the sun wasn't too high and you got there early enough. So now you spend your time burning your lips. Right? Because you don't know squat. You don't understand anything. And so you're trying to get it off of this thing that doesn't work. All right. In order to do what does work, it's very important. I'm going slowly with you. In order to do what does work, you have to stop doing what doesn't work. Otherwise, you're not going to do, you don't understand a chance. You understand that? You have to stop doing what you know doesn't work so you have a chance to try something that might work. Even if it, not, let me say it does. Let's say it might. You know this doesn't work. Do you understand that? You've been doing it your whole life and you're not okay. <laughs> you're scared and insecure and you're cl- grabbing and clinging and it's not so much fun when you wake up in the morning. You're still trying to find the right person. They give you this thing. There's a soulmate out there. Don't you believe that? Don't you dare believe that. Don't you dare. I'm not trying to take away Santa. All right? Right. The most terrible thing you can ever do in your life for all your relationships, for everything, is to believe what they tell you. There's just one girl in this whole world. There's just one love in this whole world. Right? That band, there's 7.5 billion people. You better get busy. Right? That is not the truth. It's not the truth that there's somebody out there that you're going to meet and they're going to make all this mess that you created inside yourself go away. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Now, you might meet somebody that's entertaining enough and pretty enough or handsome enough or treat you a certain way to distract you from your mess for a while. Yes or no? We've all done that. I'm not denying that, okay? But they're not getting rid of that stuff in there. It's still in there. They just distract you. Go to Hawaii. Enjoy it. Come back. Don't bother. You might as well have not gone. You understand that? It's all still in there. (laughs) It doesn't do anything. So you wake up and you realize that's not what you're looking for. It's not like you're expecting to find somebody that somehow magically gets rid of this whole model you have inside about how you need everything to be and then you're trying to make the moments match. You want to know why? Because that person's part of that model. If that person does one thing that doesn't match what you used to think the person that would be your soulmate would, does your soulmate slurp the soup at your parents' house? Come on, I want to get it straight right now. Does your soulmate wear bow ties? 
weird ones with, with polka dots when they go out on formal, you know. <laughs> come on, come on, I want to hear. All right, you got all this stuff, don't you, about what it's going to be like. And then you meet somebody. Well, you didn't meet your soulmate. You projected your concept onto this person and said, I think that's my soulmate. They're not. They're not what you think they are in any way, shape, or form. And you're going to find that out real soon. Yes or no? Okay? They are them. They're just like you. They made up a whole thing. They got their stuff going on in there. Right? And they're trying to make you be theirs. And you're trying to make them be yours. Have fun. That's what you all call a relationship. I think we could do without that. All right? It is not about laying something on top of the garbage. Uh Uh-oh. It's about getting rid of the garbage. So the first thing you have to do, if you want to find the way, right? Christ was right. There is one way, life, truth. (laughs) Okay? And he was it. Right? And it doesn't mean he's the only one that's it. But there is only one way. You You have to stop doing this stuff that doesn't work so that you have time and energy and purpose and intention to shift. If you want to stop smoking, believe it or not, I don't care how you do it, you have to stop putting cigarettes in your mouth. If you're still putting cigarettes in your mouth and lighting them, you ain't stopping smoking. Period. Right? If you're still out there trying to fight with the moments in front of you to make them be what it is you decide would make you be okay, you're not getting anywhere. Now it doesn't. We're going to see that. It doesn't mean you stop going to work. Doesn't mean you stop having a relationship. Doesn't mean anything like that, right? It means what the work you're doing inside yourself shifts. Right now you are seeking high and joy, but you're doing it through this method of remembering what gave it to you before, and then saying that's what's going to give it to you again, right? And remember what you didn't like before, and saying that's going to mess you up again. And now you're out there fighting with the moments, trying to make them look a little bit like they maybe will lead to what it is. And by the way, these experiences I talk about that you had that you stored your model, you don't have to have had it. You could have watched a movie. You could have talked to somebody else. You could have read a book. You understand that? You're weird. (laughs) Go watch a movie where something nice happens. You're going to want it to happen to you. You got that straight? And you just built this thing about like and dislike and about... You know, what you think will turn you on, what you think will turn you off. You did. And you got that. And you're very strong about that. In order to grow spiritually, in order to grow in a way that works, you have to not be doing that. That's not renunciation. Why do I say a thing about renunciation? I always will tell you, please do not think it's about renunciation. Right? To me, what renunciation is, I'm not okay. I have built this model of what I think will make me be okay. Check. Right? And now there's something going on out there that seems to match the mile. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm renouncing. I renounce it. I renounce it. I renounce it. Now that is the stupidest thing I ever heard of. That's too late. You already built the model. You already decided that's what you believe that will make shh, she will make me happy the rest of my life. I'm not I'm not gonna talk to her. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing in the world. That's called suppression. You understand that? You're not going anywhere that way. That's not anything. Every time you see her, you have to fight with yourself. Every time she goes with somebody else, oh my God, oh my God. Like, you win. It's too late in the game. That's too late out there. So it's not about renunciation. It's not about doing and not doing. This is deep stuff, right? It's about realizing what's going on. I did this. It has nothing to do with her. I did this. I'm not okay, and I made up this whole thing that I think needs to happen for me to be okay. So it's not about not doing that. Not about not do, it's not about not going out there and trying to get the world that way. It's about not doing that. 
not building that model. It is about not building that model. It is about not building that model. It is about coming back to ground zero. Buddhists say work at the root. It's about coming back to the root, which is I'm not okay. I want to be more positive. Good. That's the root. We already said that was the root, right? I want to feel higher. Good. That's very good. You took the wrong turn when you said, let me collect the things that made me happy before and the things that made me sad before. Build a model of how the world needs to be every moment, right? And then I'll be happy. That was the wrong turn, right? So if you took a wrong turn somewhere, you wanted to go out to California, you're headed north, right? Just kind of stop, turn around, come back to where the wrong turn was. Do you understand that? And let's straighten stuff out. Your wrong turn it wasn't wrong to want to be high. It wasn't wrong to want to feel love. It wasn't wrong to want to be ecstatic all the time. I want that for you. You understand that? And you can have that. Don't you let them tell you about yin and yang and stuff, right? Not at this level. You can be high all the time. The moment you wake up in the morning, there's this waves of joy and shakti, love pouring through your being for absolutely no reason in the world, right? And then all day, everything can turn you on. It's exciting. It's inspiring. Things that used to turn you off, turn you on, right? I told you, you know you got somewheres when you're standing next to a friend of yours, you look in the distance, oh, look, look, there's Sally or George, right? They, they, they really like me. They think I walk on water, man. It's like, wow, it's nice to be around them, right? And you get all excited, right? They oh, look, look, there's Fred. He hates my guts. He tells everybody in the world that I'm terrible. Don't say anything. Isn't he cute? <laughs> there. Now you know you got somewhere, right? When every single thing turns you on. Right? Why not? You're sitting on a planet in the middle of nowhere. A tiny little planet in the middle of nowhere. Why wouldn't it turn you on that things are going on? Right? There's actually somebody on the planet Earth that doesn't like you. Isn't that neat? <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Right? It's like, wow. It's like you're capable of getting to that state and being high naturally. Being open. You'll see why when we finish. But you have to come back to where you made the wrong turn. And I'm telling you, the wrong turn was, I want to be high. That's not the wrong turn. The way to do it is to remember what made me high before. Remember what brought me down before. Build a model of how the world needs to be. How every moment in front of me needs to unfold. (laughs) And then go out and try to make it be that way. You ain't getting nowheres that way. But that's what everybody does. Yep, and they ain't got nowheres. You understand that? From the beginning of time, okay? It's, it's unbelievable. Well, that's the story of the golden calf. Moses goes up there and going to bring down how to be high forever. God loves his people, all this stuff. And they're down there saying, oh, it's not working. I need some, go back to what made me high before they worshiped the golden calves. We'll go do that again. Right? That's what you're doing. It's exactly the same. So you come back. Now what do I do when I come back? All right, coming back's not easy. Coming back is not easy. Just like stopping smoking is not easy. Just like stopping doing drugs is not easy. Do you understand that? Why? Because you have developed a habit. You developed a habit that I want to be high and this is how to do it. So that's what Lord lead us not into temptation. Right? It's like things are going to unfold in front of you that remind you of what turned you on before. All right? That's, that's true. You can't do anything about that. Right? You have to be wise enough to say, yep, that's right. I decided to stop drinking and here's my old drinking buddy. And he just invited me over to the bar where all guys hang out. Hear me? Okay. Is there a tendency, a pull to go back in that direction? Anybody want to answer that question? Okay. Of course there is. Why? Because there are neural pathways. There's a model that you built. It's all the same thing. It's called a habit. There's habitual patterns. Those are easy to go with. It's the natural way the energy is going to flow. Doesn't make it right. 
You hear me? It's just the way the energy's flowing. If you go there out into our field, we have a beautiful field out there and it drops off, all right? If the water starts to, for whatever reason, a rock or something starts to flow a certain way, guess what happens next time? It flows that way again. Why? Because it eroded a little bit and it will always flow the path of least resistance, right or wrong. Electricity will do the same thing, all right? Then another way, then the next thing you know, you have a rut. Guess where the water is going? Into that rut every single time, right? That's what your habit is. It's a flow of energy, path of least resistance that has carved a neural pathway or yoga, shakti flow, whatever you want to call it, nadis, I don't care, I don't call it whatever you want, right? The point is it goes there, doesn't it? It wants to go there. Yes or no? Anybody want to admit it? <laughs> it wants to go there. You want the cigarette, you want the second piece of food, you want this, you want that, you want who the heck knows? I don't want to talk about it. It gets kinky. <laughs> it, gets, it gets a little too personal quick, doesn't it? Come on, guys. <laughs> right? It has a tendency to pull you in the direction of the habitual habit flows. That doesn't make them right. It makes them the path of least resistance. Right? But we already know where that path came from. It came from trying to chase and recreate the things that made you high before, right? That's why it's so hard. Go to a drug addict, I mean serious drugs, you know, heroin, cocaine, something, all right? And they're on the drug, right? And then they, something goes wrong, they want to get off, okay? Well, it's not easy to get off. Why? They're going to at some point beg you, I'll be fine, just let me have a hit. And they're right. They won't be long-term fine, but they will feel better. Do you understand that? Then going through the withdrawal, they will feel momentarily better to do the drug. Can we be honest? Right? Okay. It's the same thing with you. It's the same thing with all this stuff. You are going to feel the tendency to reach out continuously for that which you think will make you high. You have to have reached the point, which is very difficult, and my one talk's not going to do it, but it can help, right? You have to reach the point of realizing, I'm not stupid. I've been doing it my whole life. There was a toy I wanted. I wanted Barbie. I wanted Ken. I wanted every single thing. That's <laughs> my whole life. And I'm still doing it. I'm still not okay. You hear me? Okay? I thought if he, if he proposed to me, oh my God, it was so wonderful. Well, okay, he would propose at the wedding to be a certain way, right? But he didn't want to have children. I want to have children. But where are we going to live? It never, ever is it enough. Yes or no? It doesn't stop ever. Ask anybody. It doesn't stop ever. Ever. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how good your relationship is. It doesn't stop. Why? Because you didn't fix what's wrong inside. You just kept trying to placate it and run away from yourself as fast as you could. You have to reach the point where it's not renunciation, it's realization. (laughs) You realize this doesn't work. Let me ask you a question. If you're eating food and it makes you sick, right? And then there's some food that that potentially could be healthier that you go look for? Are you renouncing the food that made you sick? You want to call it a renunciation? No, it's intelligence. It's just wisdom about renouncing the food, right? It's making me sick. This thing is not working. So the very fact that you would think of a renunciation means you're not ready. Do you understand that? Oh, I have to give that up? I, I can't do that anymore? What has it done for you? Just make me want to do it again? Anybody heard that? That's all it did, is make you want to keep doing it. Anybody listening? There's not a single thing that made you high that you didn't want it again. One, there's not a single thing that made you high that lasted. You didn't need anything else. It just lasted. Boom. Oh, my God. That's it. He said he loved me. I don't need anything else. I go into a corner. He loved me. For the rest of my life. No, I don't think so. How about you? (laughs) All right? There's not a single thing, no matter how well it matches, that's going to stay. Because you change, it changes. 
Come on, the game you're playing is ridiculous. Right? Have fun. <laughs> okay, write on water and like what it says. It ain't staying. Okay, is that not what the world's like? <laughs> okay, so you have to reach the point of wisdom. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about renunciation. We're not talking about philosophy. We're talking about wisdom. You became a wise person. This doesn't work. Well, I'm not stupid. I want to find a different way. Why? Because this doesn't work. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's not, I'm not judging anybody else. I understand why everybody's doing what they're doing. Got no problem with it. But guess what? Right? There's a place in the sun and before my life is done, damn it. I'm going to look around. I'm going to, I'm going to look around because this way don't work. And heck, if I'm going to keep it. And by the way, extrapolate this way to everything. Because notice how bad I was. I didn't say this way meaning this or that. I said this way meaning you're not okay. You're trying to get energy. And you decided how it needs to be for you to be okay. That's a pretty broad this way, isn't it? I didn't give you any out. <laughs> right? Because that's what you're doing. It's not about just changing. Oh, I thought money would do it. Now I think helping others will do it. Uh-oh. Now I'm getting on real sensitive stuff. All right. All right. You're doing the same thing. You're trying to get high by helping others. No. No. Bad dog. You get high, you get high by finding the high inside. Your natural state of high. Under those conditions, you will have no problems with anything outside, and you just so happen will want to help others. But not so that it can take you high. Not that you give things away and want to see your name everywhere and all the kind of stuff. Do you understand that? It's just another way. It's just another way of trying to have things happen outside that make you feel good. I mean, it's, there are literally philanthropists, they shouldn't use the word, philanthropists that have given gifts and not gotten enough back that have sued to get the gift back. That literally, I can give you example after example, right? Period. That's it. They didn't get used the way I wanted it to. You, know, you give me a moment back, I'm suing this thing. Oh my God. All right. Hope I've taken enough away from you so far. All right. So, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Wisdom is nothing specific. It's not a philosophy. This doesn't work. And you remember what I said that this is? Having a model of how things need to be and then trying to make it be that way for me to be okay. It has to be unconditional. Your well-being has to be unconditional, not based on conditions outside. So how do you do that? You work your way backwards. What do you mean? What do you mean? You started, Mickey, by telling me that I, I wanted to be high and I, I wasn't feeling high enough. Yep, you gotta go there. That's you know you're getting somewhere. We just feel that urge that it's, I'm not happy, I'm not good enough. I, don't, I feel low. I need to do something about it. You hear me? And you relax. You'd be willing to sit there and realize this is the root. Ooh, being tough with you. That's the root, isn't it? That's the root that the whole tree grew from. Okay? I went out from there and tried to decide what to do about the fact that I'm not feeling as high as I want to. And I ended up drinking, and I ended up doing this, and I ended up getting married and divorced. And I ended up, you, got, you got divorced for the same reason you got married. Come on, I like you. <laughs> All right? Did everybody see that? You got divorced for the same reason you got married. You thought it would make you better. You thought you'd be better off. That's why you got married, and that's why you got divorced. Do you understand that? Oh, it's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so you come back to the place where you went wrong. Which is, okay, I don't feel everything I'd like to be feeling. I don't feel the high I'd like to be feeling. I don't feel the fullness. I don't feel the love. Okay, stop there for a minute. Just for a minute, please. Right? Please. Don't fear which drug to use. Right? I just want to tell the addict, but I feel this need. That's okay. No, it's not. Yes, it is. 
You better be able to handle feeling that need or you will not stop that drug. Do you understand that? You better be able to handle feeling the need to smoke or you won't stop smoking. Am I right or wrong? Okay? This is called your spiritual work. It is not renunciation. It has nothing to do with it. It's not about right and wrong. It's not about good and bad. Right? It's universal for everybody. Which is, there's a place inside not so good in there, isn't it? All right? Can you relax for a moment in that place instead of go running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you want something, you don't want something. All right? That's where it starts. So you relax in that moment and you're going to see something amazing. If you can spend some time relaxing, just relaxing, not fighting, relaxing, you're going to see that you're blocked. You're blocked. I love the other night. That's nice somebody mentioned to be blocked. There's a beautiful right of the word. You're blocked. What does that mean? It's this feeling that something wants to move inside, but it can't. Do you understand that? That is so deep. That is so spirit. You got to know anything about that? Something wants to move in there, doesn't it? But it can't. It's not that it's not there. It's not that the energy is not there. It's not that the love is not there. It's not that the enthusiasm is not there. It's that it's blocked. That's a whole different ballgame. If it wasn't there at all, okay, go about your business to try and get some. I wouldn't be giving you this talk. But you know it's there, but it doesn't flow, right? You try to get it. You try to get it through relationship or intimacy. You're trying to reach out, aren't you? It's something in there wants to get, express and do it, do something. That something is the spark. Why can't it just do it? Why can't it just go up? Why can't it just be high? Because it's blocked. And now you get to where you start to say, well, if it's blocked, then that's inside of me. Why am I going outside? Why am I going outside to buy a new car? <laughs> Why am I going outside to change the color of the house? Why am I going outside to meet somebody new? Why am I going outside to do things if the problem's inside of me? The blockage is inside of you. Yes, it is true that momentarily, if it matches your concepts, your mind will open up and you will feel better. But it's not going to last. Do you understand that? <laughs> okay. So you just run around. So you come back to that place, you relax, and then you ask the great question. That's what I, I think I do my entire life <laughs> since I woke up when I was 22, whatever, 50 years ago, right? Why is it blocked? Why is it blocked? Why would I be blocked? Why can't I just come down on Earth and have fun? <laughs> you dropped onto a planet. It's an amazing planet. There's flowers. There's people. There's, there's animals. <laughs> it's a pretty nice place, isn't it? Right? And, and Mars got nothing. I mean, you got a lot going on Mars and Jupiter and Venus and nowhere. Go to the other planets. Nada. Nunch. Zilch. Not a little bit different animals. None. Not people. Nothing. There ain't nothing going on. You land on this little piece of dirt, spin in the middle of nowhere. With all of this going on, you should be blown away. It should be so much fun. It's exciting. Don't worry. You don't have to stay. It's just a visit. <laughs> you just came down to visit, right? You won't stay here. And then you just have these experiences. Why not enjoy the experiences? Why is it not fun? Well, I don't understand. I don't understand. Right? And, and you realize this is amazing. That the very things you were building your house on, which is the good experiences, bad experiences, and then you built this whole model, they are the reason you're blocked. Oh, my God. Right? Christ said, don't build your house on sand. I always say, you're building it on top of poop. It's worse than sand, right? You have stored these things inside of you. <clears throat> what? Somebody said something not nice to you. Is it still in there? What if you see the person? Go, go back to a high school reunion. I, I highly encourage you not to do so. <clears throat> but go back to a high school reunion 20 years later, 20th high school reunion, and see if you don't have the same stuff come up inside of you that you had about that person back then. Oh, they're not nice. I don't want to talk to them. What do you mean 
nice. I haven't seen for 20 years. Well, how the hell do you know how they are? Because I know. Right? You stored inside of you these experiences, didn't you? And most of them were not so nice. <clears throat> right? I'm telling you. Most of the experience... God, I don't have time. That's why I did that course. Nine hours of me. All right? That's an online course now that sounds true put out. And I had the time to go everywhere I needed to go the whole way. I highly advise taking the course. All right? Why are there more negative experiences than positive ones? There aren't. Nor are there even negative and positive experiences. They're just experiences. They're just moments unfolding in front of you. Now, why does it seem like there's so much more negative? You know, your album is not full of <laughs> your pretty small album with your positive experiences, right? Why? Because you decide what has to happen for you to consider a positive experience. Not you come up and tell me you love me. You come up and tell me you love me, right? And you better not be telling somebody else at the same time you're telling me, all right? And you better not be telling me while my wife is standing, excuse me, while my wife is standing next to me, okay? You, like, I got all kinds of rules, don't I, about what's supposed to happen. Well, what's the probability it's going to happen? How about slim to nil? Well, what if it doesn't happen? It's negative. If you got that, you got so much, right? You literally said one out of a billion things will be positive, well, what happens if any other ones happen? No, if you come up, it's not good. If you come up at the wrong time, it's not good. If you're wearing the wrong clothes, it's not good. You understand? That's why it seems like there's so many more negative experiences because you're the one defining positive and negative. Okay? It's a pretty thin laser gleam in it. Okay? <laughs> so they don't understand that. So it's not just negative because what I didn't want to happen happened, which is ridiculous. You define something, <laughs> it happened, right? Big deal. Lots of things happen. Okay, but it's because if it doesn't happen the way you defined you wanted it to happen, it's negative. So you just left the whole universe as negative with a laser beam that's positive. Does anybody understand that? All right, and you have stored every one of those inside of you as a negative experience. Now what you did with those as a foundation is build this whole model of what you want. No, 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 no. You come back to the root and what you will see over time, the storage of those experiences is what is blocking your energy flow. <laughs> so you're actually invited the, the, the fox into the hen house to solve the problem that there are foxes in the hen house. You literally did that. You literally stored the stuff that blocks your energy flow, your natural enthusiasm, lest you be as little children. Huh? That natural excitement. Go, get, take a kid who's healthy and give him a stick and a, and a rock. They'll play for hours. You have to buy a toy. <laughs> just play for hours, get all involved. Right or wrong, okay? Lest you be as little children. That's what I was talking about. Be open. Be clear. Be excited about everything. Be enthused. Not because something happened, right? You're enthused because you're enthused. You don't feel love for somebody. You feel love. You're welcome to share it, but you feel love. It's a natural state of your being when you're not blocked. The blockages are caused by the stuff you stored and you shoved it on top of your energy flow and then you conditioned yourself by saying, I can only feel it if she does this. I can never feel it if he does that, right? And now it only flows when your conditions work. The natural state is flowing all the time, all the time, right? Give me my Christmas talk. I like Christmas. I'm like, nice Jewish boy. I like Christ's teachings, I like Christ's teachings. Christ was a yogi, right? They just don't understand them, right? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that leaveth the mouth of the Father. What does that mean? You don't get high strictly by what's coming in from outside. That's what the bread means. Does not live by bread alone. He didn't say there's nothing. He doesn't say it doesn't happen at all, but that's not where you're getting your juice. But where are you getting your juice? 
by every word that leaveth the mouth of the Father. What does that mean? Inside, inside, there's this juice, this natural juice. I'm only taking you back to the point of if you go out there and try to run off, you know, try to get it out there, you ain't getting it. <laughs> okay? Now you come back in and you see why you went out there because you're not okay. You don't feel the juice you want, so you're out there constantly trying to find it. Do you understand that? Different ways. Now you come back and you see the next step. Why don't I feel the juice? Ooh, boy, now you're getting deep. Meditation helps with this, but you can do it inside, right? This witness consciousness. I'm not getting it because I'm blocked. Why is it that if she says one thing to me, it opens me and she says another thing and closes me? That's me. That's not her. <laughs> she doesn't know the difference. Do you understand that? It's me. But maybe my mother said something. And so I, okay, I have this stuff inside of me and it's blocking my energy. And so you catch on to that. And you realize that if you let that go, let what go? The stuff you have stored inside of you. Instead of making it the foundation of your life and letting it determine everything you're doing, hear me? You let go. Ooh-wee. You let it go. You let it go. You stop storing that stuff inside and you start letting go of the stuff you stored inside. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to start to feel energy. You start to feel juice. Right? I'll give you an example. Very, you know, people see how this works with psychology. Typical Freudian psychology is about what? Finding the stuff you stored in there and taking it out. Right or wrong? Is that not what Freud found? That these people that were doing all these weird, sick things, right? Because he worked with very, very ill people, you know, mentally ill people. He didn't work with us normal, <laughs> us normally ill people. <laughs> he didn't work with the normally ill people. He worked with the extremely ill people, right? And he watched them and he said, oh my God, mommy must have done that. Daddy must have done that. You must be some sexual thing on inside. You must have had this happen. In other words, there must be some stuff in your past that happened that's causing you to think this way and behave this way. Isn't that what we just said? <laughs> that's what we're saying. That that's the foundation upon which your, all your mental thoughts and your actions are going to be based on. All right? In typical Freudian psychology, when you go to a therapist, they try to find those things. The first thing a Freudian psychologist is going to ask you, that you'll know whether you're a Freudian psychologist, is, and your mother, what was she like? <laughs> he asked that of Oedipus. It was a problem. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's typical psychology, isn't it? Right? Psychology is based on the fact you stored stuff in there. If you didn't store stuff in there, they're all out of work. Psychology is the science of studying the result of you having stored that stuff inside, what effect it has on your mental thinking, on your behavior patterns, and all that stuff, and how to go back to try to find it. The main point I wanted to say, in, in, even, even in the movies they show it, in typical Freudian psychology, if a therapist works with you, takes a long time, works with you and finds something, oh, your mother did this and blah, 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 something like that, right? And you have this realization, oh my God, I, you know, you suppressed it, you forgot it, you, you know, forget it, you purposely pushed it away. You understand that, right? And then it comes up. It is absolutely standard that for the next five days you can't sleep. Why? You have so much energy. There's just like, oh my God, the therapist. That's why they tell you not to have relationships with your therapist and therapist with your patients, right? Because that patient is going to love you. All this energy will come up. You have so much love. Do you understand that? You have so much love, so much openness. Unbelievable, right? Because the energy flowed because you took a blockage out. No one's going to argue that. Psychology's not going to argue that, all right? That's yoga. That's the essence. Yoga talked about those blockages thousands of years before Christ. I mean, before Freud and before Christ. <laughs> thousands of years before, before Freud, right? They called them samskaras. They're written up in the Upanishads. They're called samskaras. 
impressions that got left on your mind because of experiences you had. Isn't that what we're talking about? Impressions that got left in your mind because of experience you had. They're blocking your energy. Therefore, if you remove them, the energy will flow. That's what happens under therapy. The trouble is you've got about as many of those. You have stars in the sky, and you haven't released one, so fine. Believe me, you'll screw yourself up again. Do you understand that? <laughs> okay? You'll go, oh, I feel love. You'll go out and find somebody and cause all kinds of trouble. All right? Because <laughs> then it'll remind you what your daddy did, not your mommy, or something else your mommy did. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff in there. So what yoga teaches, what spirituality teaches is, are you in there? Are you in there? You notice that what I'm talking about so far is pretty true in there? All right? How about you work on letting go of the blockages instead of building your life based on them. Now, in order to do so, you're going to have to tolerate the fact that they're uncomfortable. Of course they're uncomfortable. You stored garbage inside of you. It's going to smell. Do you understand that? It was stored with pain. It was stored because of pain. You stored it because you didn't like it. When it comes back up, I don't care if it happened when you were five years old. When it comes back up, it's going to hurt. It's going to feel exactly the same. You understand that? It's going to feel exactly the same as it did when you stored it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you stored the whole thing, doesn't it? Doesn't it come back up? You start being like a little kid and you get scared. Okay, fine. Can you tolerate that? You need to learn to have tolerance so that when you're going through withdrawal, you're able to go through it. You have to learn you want to stop drinking. You have to tolerate the fact that you have the urge to drink. Your, your desire and intent to stop drinking has to be greater than your urge your interaction with the urge to drink. That's, it's not going to happen otherwise. You understand that? It's the same thing here. So you start my technique that I teach, right? You should meditate. Yes, I don't teach meditation, but you should meditate. You do all these traditional things. They're wonderful. Anything you do to try to help yourself, I love it. Anything. I'm not big on drugs, but anyways. <laughs> right? But base, basic, I'm talking about psychedelics and that kind of stuff, right? People say that helps them for a while. It's just like anything else, right? You ain't getting anywhere that way. Sorry. Okay, so the net result is you start practicing being able to tolerate the discomfort that comes from letting go of this stuff you stored inside. So somebody comes up to you and says, you know, are you feeling okay? You don't look so good. But you could take it two ways. They care about you or, oh my God, what a thing to say. I don't know nothing wrong with them. I thought I looked fine. You should see how you look. <laughs> Okay? It's like it's just a simple little sense. It's just a little sense, for God's sakes, right? Can you handle it? Not a chance in the world. Can you handle it? Well, how about we start there? How about we sit there and say, all right, I, I keep telling you, when you start playing the piano, you cannot play Chopin or, or Beethoven. You play scales. Why? I don't want to tell you why. I think you understand, right? You've got to build the tolerance. You build the movement of the hands. You build the harmony. You build. You learn. Same thing with playing a sport. You're not just going to sit there and be the best tennis player in the world. You picked up a racket. Maybe you can be, or maybe you just be good enough. Who cares? You're going to be better if you practice. This is the same. Don't tell me I don't know how to let go. Don't tell me I can't handle it. I'm good. I'm glad you can't handle it. I'm glad you know you can't handle it. Right? You can't. I can't handle someone saying something like this to me. Good. I'm glad. How about we practice? Whoa. You hear me? Because if you tell me I can't handle this, they tell me I can't play Beethoven. That's why we have scales. There are things you can do to practice becoming wholer inside, becoming stronger. I call that you're building your core. Not what you mean by building your core, your body strength. Who cares about that? Okay. I mean, it's good. You should be healthy. Right? I want you to build your core, your core. You in there. Hi, you in there. How would you like to be able to handle it? Somebody walked up and said, oh, you don't look so good, right? 
It's like if you sit there and say, oh, thanks for, thanks for caring, but I feel quite well. <laughs> and that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Next time you see them, you're not afraid to see them. You have to avoid them. You have to tell other people how bead she is. You don't have to do anything. You're just like, oh, you don't look so good. Well, thanks for caring. That really turned me on. That's beautiful. Now I feel pretty good. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> okay? And so you start practicing this. You start little by little with tiny little things every single day, not an hour that you put aside. You should still do that. I'm not knocking that. But I'll tell you what works. What works is the scales. What works is every single day something hits your stuff. No, no, excuse me. Every single moment of every single day something hits your stuff. Doesn't be big. Driver in front of you bother you? If you're like me, it does. Excuse me. The bottom front, the driver in front of you doesn't use his blinkers. Brake lights don't work, right? He drives 15 miles below the speed limit in the left lane. There are laws, you know. For, that's what my mind says, right? The laws you're supposed to drive in the right lane. They don't know about it. Go, go talk to them. Get yourself upset about it. It's not doing a single thing, not a single thing except upsetting you. Do you understand that? Well, maybe we shouldn't do that. Do what? Drive behind people? No, you're going to drive behind people. Maybe we could use that as a practice scale to handle something, to handle the fact that the driver in front of me is not driving the way that my little stupid mind wants them to drive, right? Maybe I can practice letting go. I can practice relaxing and tolerating the little aggravating feeling that I feel. What about the weather? Does it ever get you upset? Is it sometimes colder than you want it to be? Hotter than you want it to be? More humid than you want it to be? Rainier than you want it to be? Not rainy enough? Come on. Come on, come on. All right? Does that help a lot to get upset? Whether, oh, weather said, I'm so sorry. I'll change right now. No. You're getting yourself upset for absolutely no reason. And then you're wondering why you're upset. Right? You get yourself messed up over things like this. Then you need to find a vacation to try and make up for the fact that you screwed yourself up. How about we don't screw ourselves up? Not with big things. Don't worry about mommy and daddy yet. All right? Tiny little things. You see how many things I'm saying? What somebody said, what somebody didn't say. It's not bad enough that you get bothered by what somebody said. You get bothered by what somebody didn't say. Don't you? Just pay attention. You're bothering yourself all the time. I taught you. I don't want you to say, right, the rain bothered me. I want you to say, I bother myself about the rain. Big difference in that, which is true. The rain can't bother you. It's rain, <laughs> okay? But you can bother yourself about it. The driver in front of you bothered me so much all day. No, you bothered yourself about the driver in front of you, right or wrong. It's the truth in that. Well, how about we make our spiritual path that we stop doing that? Because if we want to be okay inside, I would highly advise not bothering yourself if you want to be healthy, stop eating food that makes you sick. <laughs> don't worry about, well, what should I eat? I don't want to talk about that. That's a whole other ball game. I'm telling you, while you're eating the food that makes you sick, it doesn't matter what else you eat. Because <laughs> you're going to be sick, right? That's the same thing here. Are you willing to stop doing the things that are bothering you? Not that things outside, right? Are you willing to stop bothering yourself about things that you have no control over that make any difference? The driver in front is going to turn and I go there, he's saying something. Four blocks later, they turn off. For four blocks, I could have had a good time. It had nothing to do with the driver. The same thing with the rain. Same thing with the cold. Same thing with the spot on my shirt. The same thing with everything, right? What if I said something in a conversation and it was kind of dumb? I got a little confused senior moment. 
<laughs> right? And I just said, so then people looked at me like weird. Okay, can I handle that? Now we're going to graduate school, right? Can I handle that? Well, you better, because that's what happened. <laughs> the alternative is to bother yourself about it. Well, I'm going to bother myself about it. Bad enough it happened. Anybody listening? How about we stop bothering ourselves? It's like instead, instead of building, I'm not okay, I build a model how everything needs to be, and now everything's bothering me because it's not that way. You're not going to get anywhere that way. You come back to the beginning, and you realize, if I don't want to be bothered, I have to stop bothering myself. Like, here, you sit there, and what goes on inside your head is, no one could love me. No one, no one has ever really loved me. They said they did, but they didn't. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I don't look the way I want to look, and my eyebrows are too long, and I got this, and I think my hair is funny, and, and it's getting old anyways. And so It's like, okay, now do that inside yourself and try to find someone who makes you feel love. You get in the drift? How about we stop doing that inside ourselves and then worry about something else? Because while you're doing that, there ain't no one that you're going to find other than someone who entertains you temporarily that is going to overcome what you're doing to yourself. Do you understand that? So the true spirituality is to come back to the root where there's not such well-being and notice that you did it. <laughs> you stored all these things. You can't be okay that way. All right? So you start learning to be strong enough. And I, I encourage you, to every day start with the low-hanging fruit. I've been giving you examples of low-hanging fruit. When they happen, you'll notice yourself start to close. You'll notice yourself start to get upset. Are you willing to use those as moments, scales of growing? And so how do you let go? I always been teaching. I don't like to teach the techniques. To me, if you don't want to smoke, stop putting cigarettes in your mouth. There's your technique. I'm sorry. I'm a very advanced person. <laughs> right? It's very simple to me. If you don't want to smoke, don't put a cigarette in your mouth, and it's amazing. You'll stop smoking. But then you say, but I don't know how. You don't know how to not put a cigarette in your mouth. Well, you seem to know how to put one in there. Just don't do it. <laughs> it's the exact same thing here. I don't know how to stop bothering myself about the driver in front of me. It doesn't make any sense. You're the one who's doing it. How can you not know how to not do it? Just don't do it. Right, and so I give you techniques. I don't like giving you techniques. Right, again, the course goes through all this. I'll do it very quickly. One is positive thinking. Now, you all think positive thinking is some high thing. It's it's a very nice thing. It is step one on some form of spiritual growth. It's not very deep. We're going to go much deeper, but you can use it. I use it sometimes. Right, absolutely better than nothing. Use positive thinking. What does that mean? I love the way the driver. I love the. Way, I love that the brake lights don't work. I love it. Look how close. You can't even tell what they're doing. This is so much fun. Go on, try it. He's a sheriff in here. I'm in trouble. <laughs> but you hear what I'm saying? It's like you're going to be there anyways. Play with your mind. Let it say something positive. Believe it or not, that's what positive thinking is. Say something positive instead of something negative. How can these idiots drive this way? What's the matter with them? Oh my God, they should be arrested. I'm going to call the police. And you didn't do a damn thing. You didn't call the police. You didn't do a thing. You just bothered yourself about it the entire time. You understand that? How about we make, Ramadas used to say, use it to go to God. Use that moment to spiritualize your life and just say something nice about the person. Oh, maybe they can't afford anything. I feel bad. When they stop, I'll give them some money. <laughs> no, no, just don't do anything. Don't do anything. If you don't do anything, you're fine, right? Stop making a mess out of things. And so you do that. The next way that I've been teaching you, do that, do that. It's better than the other. You understand that? Just put something nice in there. Okay, the other is mantra. It's, it's, you don't, I hate using the word mantra because you all have a concept of that. 
What does it mean? Your mind is brilliant. You have a brilliant mind. You have a human mind. It's not, not an armadillo's mind. It's a human mind. It's very, very smart. It flew people to the moon. It flew to the moon. It put light, light lit the dark. You got a pretty sharp mind in there, okay? Get it to say something over and over again that's neutral or nice, right? You want to use a mantra? You want to use Om Shivaya? You want to use God, God, God? So I used to use God, God, God. Guru Om, I don't care. You know, just get something going on in there. Like you had a song stuck in your head, you couldn't make it stop. I want this going on in your head. How? Just when I used to walk, I practiced all the time back in the 70s, when I'd walk every step, God, 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 right? And pretty soon, it still goes on. I don't even want it to go on in there now. It still goes on in there. If, I, if I'm walking and nobody's talking to me, it's God, 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 right? It's just a habit. But it's a good one, right? Now, why would I want that going on inside my head? Because now when I'm driving behind that person and the lower mind, it's just a layer of mind, right? Your mind's got many layers. The lower mind goes, eh, how do you do this? Then in the back, it's God, God, God. And guess what? I get a choice. Who do I want to hang out with? Do I hang out with God? Mantra? Or do I hang out with the poopy head? Okay, and it you know the booby head doesn't feel good, and this feels good, right? So I hang out with that, and you get a habit of shifting your consciousness. It's different. Positive thinking is trying to change what the mind is doing. All right, nothing wrong with that, right? What I call mantra or or or, or the high, setting something in your higher mind, you are shifting your consciousness. You're not changing what the mind is doing. You're shifting your consciousness from one layer of mind to another. You understand that? That's higher. To work with the consciousness instead of the mind is the higher thing to do. The highest thing to do, but you won't be able to do it right away, but I'm going to make sure you know it, is to relax. What do you mean? I'm driving. Somebody's driving poorly in front of me, slow, I, I think poorly, too slow, 50 miles below the speed limit. I'm going to rush. Mind starts making all the noise. Check. She's driving weird. Jazz. Mind making noise. Check. You okay with that? Yep. What do you mean? Relax. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Relax. But it feels relaxed. But uh, relax. Just keep relaxing. Relax your shoulders. Relax your chest. Relax your tummy. Relax your butt because it gets tight too. Just relax. Just keep. But if it tenses back up, relax again. Just keep doing it. It's better than anything else you could do. You understand that? It's better than getting involved in it. It's better than doing it. Just relax. Can you relax in the face of it? But it feels yicky. Can you relax in the face of it? It's that simple. Because if you're going to relax in the face of it, you're not participating in it. If you're not participating in it, you're releasing. You're literally releasing its cause. You left room that whatever was inside of you that you had stored your whole life that's making you be like that. Not everybody's that way. Not everybody gets upset because somebody's driving slower than the speed limit. Some people like it because they want to drive that way. <laughs> you understand that? It's stuff inside of you. You relax and you give it room to release. It's called R&R, relax and release. And you just start doing that. And guess what? You start getting high. It was like going to a therapy session about the car in front of you, right? Except you were your own therapist. Just relax, relax. It's an asana. Relax into yoga, relax. And you start doing it every moment of your life. Instead of reacting, you're relaxing. It's a totally different ball game, isn't it? And you're going to see the stuff starts to go away. Little by little, it goes away. The stuff you stored in there goes away. Then what happens is something comes up that's bigger than the car in front of you. Guess what? Because you learn to play the scales, you can start to play twinkle, twinkle. All right? All of a sudden, you can let that go. Right? You start remembering something that your ex did or that your this or that. Right? It starts to get weird in there. Is that okay? Sure, it's okay. I want it out. I don't want it in there. Relax. 
and it'll take you the whole way. You just relax your way to heaven. You keep relaxing, and the stuff starts going out, going out, and all of a sudden, you get to a certain tipping point, and the energy starts over, becoming overwhelming. What energy? The same energy that happened with the Freudian thing for one moment, right? Starts flowing all the time, and I'm not all the time. It's just all the time. There's just love, joy, high, beauty, right? You want to feel love? Just wave your hand in front of your heart. Whoa, waves of love go pouring, right? You want to get high? Just pass, pass your head across any chakra, any center, and all this energy is pouring up inside of you. It's happening all the time, all the time, all right? That's who you are, unblocked. That's who you are, unblocked. I highly advise it. Now go out. And have a good time. Help people, serve, do a business, have a relationship. I couldn't care less, right? But not because you're getting anything or needing anything. You're whole and complete within yourself. You're just sharing the beauty that you have. You're expressing the beauty. Nothing can go wrong because you're already okay. Do you understand that? When you fall in love, everything's fine. I always tell you, when somebody's madly in love, and your parents say to you, but he doesn't even have a job. I don't care. Well, where you live outside in the rain, we don't care. As long as we're together. This is right, isn't it? How about you be that way about everything all the time? You're just filled with joy and love and high. It's just like, wow. Okay? Then you become a beautiful, that's a beautiful person. That's what a beautiful person is, isn't it? Right? So, all right. I showed you two paths. First I said, what it was all about is getting energy. Notice I just gave you all the energy, right? You got another one said, there is so much energy that is capable of flowing through you, it would blow you to pieces. You better start practicing handling it, not how to get it, all right? And that's where Christ thinks, but by every word that leaveth the mouth of the Father, when that energy starts flowing, at some point, you'll change a lot, that energy flows, right? And at some point, it's going to dawn on you, where the hell is this coming from? You start tracing that back, that's where they all merged. <laughs> that's where they got back to the ocean, right? And you realize Christ was right, but every word that leaveth the mouth of the Father. The source is the source that's created the universe. That's who you are. But now we're getting high. I don't like to talk mystical to you. But it's not mystical. You understand that? Once you tune into the energy, where's it coming from? But I want you to have that energy. Look down the Baba Houston when he hit the microphone, he'd have a mic, he'd hit it there. He didn't speak English. He like this. Don't be a beggar. Right? Imagine what a master feels that's feeling all this energy, realize that's what's inside of you, and you're begging this person to like you and begging for this job and begging to look younger and begging right? what are you what are you doing? You're the king. Actually, you say you're gonna say, regain your kingdom. Don't go out there and beg for stuff. You don't need anybody, anything. Doesn't mean you don't interact, right? But you're whole and complete within yourself. You're self effulgent. You're the most beautiful thing ever walked the face of the earth. That's who you are. But you have to come back. Fair enough? Fair enough. Very good. I told you, it's very dangerous coming out here toward the New Year's. Because you're about to, you know, you, you circled the sun here, and you, how'd you do? And what are you going to do this time? These are your resolutions. Not some stupid little thing, all right? Let's get, let's get back to a paradigm shift, right? Uh, instead of chasing my blockages, I'm going to get rid of them. There, that's the resolution I want to see. That's what we do on New Year's Eve. We'll tell you about later our New Year's Eve ceremony. All right, very good. Thank you for being interested in these things. Love talking to you. Jack Okay. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. 
Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.